Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Julie, we are going to be doing a special show today. We're going to be usurping the, uh, would it be usurping or would it be interrupting? I don't know. Preempting? Preempting. We're preempting the show series that we're doing, the episodal series we're doing on the different kinds of fear, and we're going to be talking about something we think that you guys are all showing a lot of fear of, <laughs> which is- It's related. It's yeah. In the, it's in the fear you know, lineup. It, it definitely is. And that's, wave it in. And that's the reason we're choosing this as a topic today, and it's going to be about Zillow. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, you know fear and consternation and loathing out there about Zillow's uh, getting into the brokerage industry. And so what Julie and I have done is we've spent a lot of time and research on this topic, and we're going to deep dive into um, answering all your questions. You know, we've been getting a lot of people sending us links to articles and whatnot about all this, but I have news for all of you guys. Um, this has all been baked in for years. Everything that Zillow's doing, everyone has known forever that they are going to do it. Um, so you don't judge somebody by what they say. Here's, you know, sort of your takeaway from all this. You judge them by what they do. So what you say is virtually irrelevant. It's what you actually do that matters. And if you were to study what Zillow, uh, what they were doing over the years, not what they were saying they were going to do, you knew full well they were basically going to be our true competitors, even though a lot of people like to whitewash this starting with Zillow. Uh, so agents would still be seduced into buying buyer leads. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, answer your question as, you know, Zillow Homes, what we know. Then the next section is what will, uh, who will this affect the most? The next section is what will probably happen next? And then we're going to give you your action steps. Um, so we're going to go each of these through each of these points, point by point. Julie, been, Julie and I have been reading different articles um, about this, but really, truly, most of what we're going to be sharing with you today, we've been warning all of you guys about for years. So if you've been listening to our podcast, and even before we started podcasting our webinars, where we're talking about the fact that you should not be buying buyer leads, where you know essentially what was going, what is happening, and what will continue to happen is a result of the fact that you, um, you know. Fellow agents, you basically funded your competition, and we've been warning you against that. And now you're going to start paying the price, and you're going to start seeing um, the brokerage model on, and the, specifically the middle, medium size and the small brokerages. Those are the ones that are going to be affected the quickest. But we're going to get to all those notes in a second. So, Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes, thank you. And uh, fresh off of some coaching calls, everybody's still fast and furious. And I would say a few cautionary tales with the momentum that's in the market. You want to make sure you are pre-qualifying the daylights, not out just out of your buyers and your sellers, but also with the mortgage people you use, the title companies you use, because they're hiring a lot of new people That's right. that do not necessarily know the drill. And I've heard more problems this week about that that was not agent related. It was more about who they're using to service their deals. So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to switch title and mortgage and stay with people that, you know, deliver the product for you because there's just so much hiring and firing going on right now. Right. And this is also, you know, what you're seeing is a see, you're seeing the market heat up during a time when it's normally cooling off. And it's heating off because obviously we had a lot of people that didn't buy because they were locked in their homes. 
uh, didn't sell for the same exact reason. Uh, but there's also a lot of fear of missing out, fear of missing out of essentially housing pricing uh, to go to the point where people can't afford it, but also fear of missing out on low interest rates. And these things are these tr- uh, trends, and they might, well, they certainly will slow down around uh, the Christmas and whatnot. But for the most part, you're not going to see any slowing down. Because really, all the elements are there for a continued. Just it, it isn't even a bull market. It isn't even a bubble market. It's just something else that this this housing market's morphed into. And there was a headline right in front of me mm-hmm. that was on uh, CNBC uh, that said, "New home sales crush expectations, but the supply is running out." <laughs> How about that? Remember, I was just telling you guys, fear of missing out, FOMO. Again, new home sales crush expectations, but the supply is running out. So if the average consumer is reading this, you can just imagine what they're thinking. So look, guys, uh, we're also seeing uh, in our uh, the cursory markets, the C markets, right? A markets would be the traditional hottest markets around the country. B markets would be, you know, you guys can kind of work it out. So Oakland to San Francisco, for example, or, you know, Columbus, Ohio, you know, maybe Worthington, Ohio to Columbus, Ohio or whatever. Bedroom so, communities to bigger, you know, metropolitan and so, and so the, the, the B markets would always uh, trail the A markets in terms of appreciation and market trends. And if you ever wanted to know what was going to happen in your city, go to wherever the hottest markets were, find out what was you know, happening with home sales, and that's going to be trickling back to you. Same thing happens on a national level. If you want to know what's be, going to be happening in Omaha, look to see what's happening on the coast, and that eventually makes it to your doorstep as well. Well, what you're starting to see now are the cursory markets or the C markets, the markets that usually people only think of as, you know, cottages and cabins and, you know, vacation homes and all these sort of, you know, strange outlying farms. And well, guess what? Those markets are starting to take off. And what's really amazing is those markets have been completely passed over from the past uh, real estate sellers boom. There was a, in the boom before the crash in 07. And then there's this boom that started again, starting in about 09. And all those cursory markets got passed over. They had some appreciation, some benefit from it, but not really any. And now they're the ones that are seeing the most fierce competition. So this is a type of macro trend that normally takes a generation or two to take hold. And it's happened now inside, what, 12 months? This is incredibly, uh, you know, it's obviously incredibly disturbing for those who aren't ready or aren't willing to change quickly. But for the rest of us out there, it's so exciting to see because it creates new opportunities where opportunities may may not have been as prevalent before. Um, So before we get to point number one on Zillow, I just want to remind all of you that if you're not part of our free coaching program, it's easy for you to participate. All you've got to do is text the word, um, I was about to say Zillow, just text the word survival. Well, I've got Zillow on the brain from having written on, worked on this article all day. Um, Text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996 and we'll text you back a link and you can join the free coaching program and that free coaching program does entitle you to a daily semi-private coaching call and obviously a whole bunch of other content as well so you have no risk note and please don't delay text the word survival to 31996 all right julie let's just jump in yes over to the notes so okay. here's, here's you want to do this first i'll section? do the first section okay uh, so there's five points and i want you guys to take this seriously these are the facts of the matter zillow homes Yes, that's a new name, Zillow Homes. What do we know? All right, point number one, Zillow is sending their iBuyer listings to their in-house brokerages. So what does that mean, Tim? iBuyer listings are going to their in-house brokerages. Well, so obviously somebody sells their house through Zillow uh, Zillow Offers, sells it to Zillow Offers. 
Um, and we're going to get into a lot, a lot of details about the percentages and how to compete and how to strike back. So guys, just stay tuned. But we just, you know, this is covering the basics, and we'll go through it quick. So obviously, a buyer sell, a seller sells their house through Zillow offers. Not a lot of people are doing it, but enough. And then what's happened in the past is those listings would then be referred out to various listing agents, and those listing agents were paying upwards to a 50% referral fee for that listing. Well, now what Zillow is going to do is Zillow is going to basically, well, they have opened up brokerages, and they're going to only send those listings to their in-house agents who work for them as employees. Point number two, Julie. Yes, point number two. Zillow has clear aspirations to become a national brokerage. They said so in a press conference uh, either yesterday or the day before. This is their aspiration to become national. Point number three, Zillow Homes agents will be salaried employees. They've said there will be a combination, but it's basically, you you know, if you work for Zillow, you're an employee. Julie, we have to go back. Did you read that they said that they want to become a national brokerage? Yes. You, they said that in yes. a press release? Okay. Yes. Well, so there you go. We were both working on this, and I heard people uh, surmising that that's what they were going to do, but I didn't read something no, actually saying that No, it's definitely the intention. They were, it's wow. the intention. Okay. Now, how fast and where they're going to be first, we know they're going to be in Atlanta, Phoenix, and Tucson first. But the intentional, and they actually said 2021, they're absolutely expanding this. Well, so, oh, that's amazing. There okay. You have it. Next point Zillow Homes agents will be employees on a salary. Think Redfin. So yeah. that's going to be a you know a paradigm shift. Now, now, related to that, they also said that the those agents that are salaried employees will not be allowed to, as they said, quote moonlight with other transactions. Right. So they're not. It's going to be like a new. It's a job. You're it's working job. for Zillow. Yeah. You're not going to be. They don't want you essentially running a side hustle where you're taking resale listings on the side. Uh, again, we're getting to the meat of this, where you guys are wondering if they're going to get into the resale business. They're saying they're not going to, but I'm saying to you, why the hell wouldn't they? Next point, Julie. Point number four, Zillow is your competitor, not your partner. Be clear on that. And it, it is just staggering to think about the fact that, you know, agents all funded this whole thing. So they are your competition, not your partner. Be clear. Yeah. I mean, we can, again, old news, but that is what it is. <laughs> all right. So again, Zill, you are not Zillow's customers. Are, consumers you, are. That's point number five. You, you think you're Zillow's customer, but consumers are Zillow's customer. That psychology matters. So if you're not their customer, what are you? If you're the one paying money to them and you're not their customer, and they did say this, and customers, consumers are their customer, what does that make you? You know, that makes you at some, even if you're not working for them as an employee, what is, what is the nature of your relationship? They call you a partner, but I'm not really sure I would call the nature of how Zillow, what Zillow has been doing to the industry and your business in particular over time. Is that the type of partner you want to be in business with long term? Hopefully you're going to realize the answer is no. And hopefully you're going to realize that the buying buyer leads thing has been essentially one of the worst trends to ever enter in and be allowed to enter in and to be advocated on behalf of so many people as being something that was good for consumers because it never was. And we were going to give you some specific facts about that. All right, Julie. So this is where I w- we're getting a little bit into the hyperbole on these next two, uh, two sections. Um, but I think we're going to be able to sell to you guys why we're having the opinions that we are. So, Julie, who – and read the point before, right? Because mm-hmm. my grammar certainly was not yeah, spot on with this. I'm trying to sort that out. But – uh, so the question is, who is this going to affect the most? Agents with low skill, they're going to be uh, affected because it's not just competing with Zillow. They're not competing really with anyone. But typically, agents like that freak out the most. Well, so, so agent, agents. agents who do not know how to basically be proactive in lead generation and mm-hmm. compete on listing appointments 
are not just going to be wiped out by Zillow in markets, but they're also not even going to be competitive just with normal brokerages. So the agents who will be affected the most are the agents who will always be affected the most, the ones that don't have the skill set to basically be relevant. They don't. They haven't earned the right to essentially be chosen for the job of selling a home or even you know for someone to work with them on the buyer side. So those will be the agents that are affected the most. Those will be the obvious agents that will be essentially the ones that are on the heels uh, to be completely knocked out in a very short while. Well, and that's sad because those are the same agents that will live in the most fear and maybe not do anything about it and learn. Those are the agents definitely that you know are getting to get their butts kicked. So be careful if that's you and you're spending a lot of time reacting. Who will this affect the most? The next point, agents not associated with their broker who has an iBuyer. iBuyer's cradle, and here's, I want you guys to think about this. If you're working with a broker and your broker does not offer an iBuyer, in other words, you're on a listing appointment and you're competing with Zillow offers, or you're competing with Open Door or whatever, and you're, you don't have your own iBuyer that you can then basically go toe-to-toe with Zillow and uh, Open Door, you are going to be seen as irrelevant old news in, um, you know, in the eyes of that seller. And you have to assume that that seller is going to be comparing you to iBuyers. You cannot be operating as if you're just going to be compared to traditional brokerages. That is foolhardy. You have to assume, even if they don't tell you, in every single case, you're going to be competing against an iBuyer. And here's the interesting thing about iBuyers. iBuyers are nothing other than an iteration on the We Buy Ugly Houses franchises that you guys may have remembered from forever ago. Even before that, it was the Guaranteed Home Sale Program. And so what these programs do is they create a lot of seller interest, but they create the interest from the best, most motivated sellers. So the most motivated sellers are almost always going to be attracted to the quick sale variety of um, you know options. And so those are the sellers that you obviously want to attract for resale. Now, here's an interesting uh, thought for you. In a hot seller's market where there's a lot of equity, sellers have a lot of equity, they'll pay for convenience. So when you think of a, like, say, for example, a seller sells through an iBuyer and they take 75 cents on the dollar, right? I mean, in your mind, it doesn't take long for you to figure out, well, that seller is leaving 10 or 15% on the table. And you're right. But the reality of it is, is they're willing to pay what Julie and I coined as a convenience fee. So when Zillow came out with Zillow offers a few years ago, that's what we coined this as because that's really what it is. It's the same reason that when you have a car that you want to sell, you don't want to necessarily eBay it or try to curb stone it. You want to take it to CarMax and you want to get one guaranteed price and that's it. It's a convenience fee. You're going to sell it for less than it's worth retail, but you're not going to have to screw around with getting it sold. And sellers are willing to do the same thing with real estate. Now, to a point, if equity drops, now see if the market pivots in a meaningful way, and then people are fearful of the value of their home. Now, I'm not sure this is going to happen, but I'm just giving you the you know counterpunch to this. That if equity drops, you won't see sellers having the ability to sell for less than full asking price, or they'll basically be underwater. So if your house is worth $300,000 and Zillow won't buy it for more than you know 75 or 80 cents on the dollar, and you owe $290,000, you're going to have to write a pretty damn big check to get yeah. rid of that house or do a no short deal. sale. Right. So that's going to be an interesting headwind if the market starts to meaningfully uh, shift. Now, there won't be a national shift. Inevitably, there's going to be regionalized shifts where there will be some loss in home value, even if we have inflation. That, those you know, two things can be true at once. 
Um, so you're going to be maybe in a market where you're not going to be affected by this because, frankly, your home values are going not going in the direction where the iBuyers can make the numbers work. Now, here's an interesting thought for you. And I've heard different statistics on this. I haven't spent a lot of time researching it. If you guys know the actual numbers on this, please do share. Nine out of 10 or higher sellers reject iBuyer offers because they're too low. Most are 75 to 80% of retail or less after inspection. In a hot seller's market, where sellers are fairly confident that they can price even overprice and it'll sell itself with multiple offers, there the the convenience of having of selling quick isn't as appealing because they know it's going to sell quick anyway. So these are just different things that you need to be you know putting into the mix when you're uh, considering the future ramifications of iBuyers. buyers. But I'm going to tell you where the real uh, magic, the hat trick is with iBuyers. buyers, and pay attention to what I'm saying. The seller leads that come off the iBuyer ads are where the money's at. The real opportunity here is with seller leads. So when you run a guaranteed home sale program, when you run a you know any kind of program that's going to offer a you know for a, a, an efficiency or like a, an instant offer type an thing. instant offer yeah. type deal, you're going to get a lot of seller leads, and those seller leads, a lot of them can convert to normal leads. That's what these guys are doing. They're going to start shaking the tree of the listing leads in your marketplace, and they're not just going to be peeling out the ones that want to sell instantly. They're going to get so many leads from sellers that just want to sell but don't want to sell at a discount. Do you think they're just going to say, screw you, we can't help you? Forget that. It's not going to happen. They're obviously going to have to start taking resale listings. They're obviously going to leave those resale listings uh, in-house. They're not going to refer those listings out. If you are them, isn't that what you would do? I mean, you already have brokerages, you have agents that work for you, you have a seller that wants to sell, they just don't want to take a, you know, sell it at a discount, or maybe they come out with a new program, and this is what a lot of the guaranteed home sale programs that have been out since the 80s, I mean, Julie and I had one back in the 90s, uh, and this is the way we'd work it. People would call us out, that we'd put a guarantee on the house, and if it didn't sell for, I think it was nine, it just depended, the, the terms and conditions we don't need to talk about now, it's part of our coaching program, if you want to have one yourself. But what we do is we backstop it. So if someone was worried that their house wouldn't sell in 90 or 120 days, uh, what we do is we put a guarantee on it that after 90 or 120 days, if it didn't sell, we would end up buying it. And we would, you know, we weren't buying it for retail. We were buying it for a discount. But that's in essence what these guys are probably going to do. I cannot imagine that they won't. Well, I, and again, what's the advantage to the seller? When we did it, it was turning somebody who would have been contingent on home sale into a non-contingent seller, which is pretty much the definition of a convenience fee. Right. And so. you guys think they're going to still refer off those very motivated, now soon-to-be homeless sellers no, on the buy the side? No, they're going to keep those And too. you're going to have to compete against this. So, you know, I can just hear how their gears are working in their brains, right? So if nobody's really probably going to take that because sellers get the offer and it's a hot seller's market, they figure, well, oh, it's just nice to have that number. Well, why would I have to worry about that? Because A, they're going to take a lot of leads out of the market. And B, if you even get the call, you're going to compete against this. And C, if you're not doing it yourself, you may not even get that call. Let me give you a quick example from one of our coaching clients who runs an instant offer, a uh, little advertising campaign, radio, uh, home brochures, is pretty much everywhere, right? Ask about my instant offer program. That's all it is. Okay. Makes the phone ring like crazy. Right. Nine out of 10, they hear whatever percent is the offer and they say no. But a couple months ago, CMA said 300,000, Okay. The instant offer was 250. So you're thinking, what seller, knowing that their house on a CMA is worth 300, would take 250? They said, okay, we'll take it. We want to be out of here right now. They were relocating like 10 states away. It was more important for them to take the offer and be done with it. But that's the convenience than, fee. That's exactly. What I'm talking than about. to mess around. Now, 
our agent took that, spent about 1500 bucks in little things, and flipped it immediately 30 days later. Right. I but mean, the seller was happy, is my point. But this, yeah. this is the type of thing that's been happening in the marketplace forever. This yeah. iBuyer's idea is not a new idea. Well, you it's, wrote a white paper about it, what, two and a half, three years ago, maybe? When did two they come years? out? When did Zillow come out with Zillow Offers? I think it was 2018, maybe? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. So it's all... been around a while. Yeah, it's been it's around. just that this is the next iteration for them. Right. Well, and again, and I have to go to Premier. Yeah, you do. So, guys, if you're in Premier Coaching, make sure you go to Julie's Premier Coaching session. It, happens, it starts live, and oh my gosh, Julie, you have three minutes. Yep. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later. later all right. So, I'm going to get you guys to the next point, and then we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. Um, all right, so let's see where were we? Okay, agents who okay, who is who will this affect the most? Obviously, agents who only know how to buy leads. And I'll tell you, the other people. I, this wasn't a point I wrote down this morning, but the other big group of people that this is going to really adversely affect. Oh, I actually did write it down. Here's my next point. The big group of uh, you know essentially business owners this will adversely affect are again brokerages that don't have their own buyers and don't have a national iBuyer program, don't have a national portal, aren't licensed in 50 states. And are truly focused on being, you know, you need to have a brokerage association that's a essentially basically has a global perspective on doing real estate transactions. I know that's a big lofty thing I just said, but the reality of it is, is that's who your competitor, your that's what their your competitor is going to become. Now I know, and you know, at the end of the day, that a generally speaking, a independent agent who is running their own business, who is an you know business owner, the names on the door. They're going to do uh, probably be more professional. They're going to be more skilled than somebody who's willing to work for a company for some salary. I think we can assume that that's universally true. Um, it's not always true, but it's probably true. So a lot of the people that these, uh, again, we're going to see more and more of these brokerages that start salarying uh, agents as staff members. Those agents are not necessarily going to be operating at the same level as, say, for example, some of the top producers in the marketplace that have their own businesses. I think that everyone can agree to uh, you know differing levels. I'm not trying to insult anybody, but I think we can agree that that's true. So there is an advantage to you if you are obviously you know working with a great company like EXP who has an iBuyer program who has an iBuyer program that you can use and you can be competitive with, who has a soon to have a national real estate portal. The national real estate portal thing is really, really critical. Because if you look at Zillow, if you really peel back the layers, what are you dealing with? You're dealing with a company that has earned the right to have a dominant search widget for home buyers. Julie and I are looking at real estate all the time. And the Zillow app and the Zillow interface on your computer is so much better than Realtor.com, it's not even funny. And you know they've perfected it, basically. It's so much easier to use. The consumer experience really is superior. So they've earned the right to basically attract more eyeballs. That's the nature of it. So if you're going to think, how are you going to compete with these guys? Well, you could always become an employee of them, but I'm sure most of you won't find that very appealing. You're going to have to go with a company. And there's only one company out there that's operating like this. There's only one true real estate tech company, a company that is 100% tech-based. It's Obviously, it's eXp Realty. And so with eXp Realty, what do you have? You have an iBuyer program. And then the other thing that they're going to be coming out with, is, which is incredible, is a national search portal. So that means that there's going to be an eXp uh, national search portal. There's going to be, obviously, Zillow and Realtor.com. Now, we're going to get into conversations tomorrow about whether or not 
there's any advantage to a seller having their house listed on more than one website. In other words, we were told and we were sold a bill of goods years ago that your seller is somehow at a disadvantage if their listing isn't on a, you know, a zillion different websites. Would you guys be surprised to know if I told you that years later, the you know, research is in and it absolutely has no positive benefit for the seller having more exposure of their house? Does that surprise any of you? And yet, how many of you actually believe that's true? How many of you, when you go on listing appointments, show that the seller is going to have their house featured on a billion different you know, websites and then you think and they think that that's somehow advantageous? Well, do you guys see where all this is going to go? And we're going to talk about what's going to happen next. But there is a very, very strong reason to believe that what you're going to see happen over the short while is you're going to see a lot of brokerages, a lot of big brokerages, which are really going to second guess and start thinking hard about whether or not they want to fuel their competition in in the form of IDEX and listing sharing. I know a lot of you think this is an old conversation that's not even worth having anymore, but it will be had because that's the nature of market forces. That's the nature of competition. And if a company does not have to have, uh, essentially, they can uh, create their own waves like EXP can, uh, and maybe some, you know, Remax probably, Keller Williams, all these companies that are going to create really good consumer search widgets, Who's, why wouldn't consumers want to go to different websites to different uh, look at the listings that belong to the individual brokerages? It's not as convenient, I'll give you that. But the reality of it is, is that's most likely what's going to happen because what's happened to the nature of how basically, you know, the, the competitive nature of real estate and the competitive nature of what these tech companies have done to essentially, guys, honestly, they've many of you are not going to basically be able to stay in business for two or three years unless you open up to the fact that the Zillows are just the tip of the iceberg. You're going to have more and more of these iBuyer companies that are going to start creeping up. So think of it this way. Zillow has a market cap of somewhere close to $20 billion, all right? And so what do they have for $20 billion? Think about that. It's a national search portal and they sell leads to agents and now they've got this iBuyer program and obviously they have other widgets too. But if you listen to their investor calls, which I do, they're not making any money on most of the products other than selling leads to agents. I mean, that's an overstating it, but that's basically how it works. Now you look at some a company like um, EXP Realty. EXP Realty is going to have most likely over 40,000 agents um, at the end of this year. They're already opening up in different countries. EXP Realty is going to have market-leading technology. Our EX, okay, but EXP Realty's market cap right now is less than $3 billion. So the market says that uh, Zillow is worth $20 billion and EXP, with all those agents and growing at an incredible rate, is worth less than $3 billion. Does that make any sense to you? So what's going to happen is, is that different companies, well, EXP is going to lead the way inevitably. They're going to be the first true hybrid version of a real estate brokerage meet a tech company. Zillow has uh, the edge on technology, but they're far behind on the brokerage side of things. The brokerage side of things is where the real work is, and the technology basically is fairly, I'm not saying easy, but it's, you know what you have to create. Right, creating brokerages with, that are dependent on all those individual state laws and all those individual boards and MLSs and people and all the rest of it—that's an enormous amount of work. So uh, Zillow has a huge mountain to climb. Uh, EXP has already basically proven that they can be adaptive technology-wise in leading technology-wise. So you can see where this is actually going to play out. And it looks to me, and Julie, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow again with what's going to probably happen next. We believe that you're going to see the two tech t- uh, titans that are going to come out of this whole conversation in the next few years. It's going to be EXP Realty, which will be seen as a tech company. And this is our opinions only. 
And once the world realizes and Wall Street realizes that EXP is a tech company, they all start getting the same valuation, hypothetically, that Zillow does. And that is incredible. So if you want to be in the right place at the right time, I strongly encourage you to consider EXP Realty. You can do it two, one of two ways. If you want just a quick nine-minute video on EXP, text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. If you want to have a conversation with me immediately, if you're ready to join EXP, if you've already passed the you know EXP Curious phase and you're ready to be an EXP member of our group, feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. I'm going to round the bend on today's show with one closing thought. Um, so you have to decide as an agent or a broker, do you want to be represented by a company who basically says consumers are their customer or do you want to be represented by a company who said agents are the customer and the customer of the agents are the consumers? you guys get the difference? It's not a small detail. It's a huge detail. So when your leader of your company says that consumers are my customer, not the agents who basically are paying my bills, that means that your interests are going to take the back seat to whatever they determine is in the best interest of the consumer. What's in the best interest of the consumer is not always what's in the best interest of the thousands of you know small business owners, aka agents and brokerages, that essentially fund those brokerage operations. You want to be aligned with a company that has you as their customer, and then the customers are the people that you serve, the buyers and sellers in your marketplace. Hopefully all this makes sense. We're going to pick up where we left off today. Tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.